good. You just got to trust me. You got to follow me and go forward. And I just feel like that's happening. You know, things happen in our lives that, that we look at that and the enemy tries his very best to make us feel like that things are falling apart. You, you know, things aren't like, like you thought they were going to be. Things aren't like God said they were going to be. But God says, no, no, I see a victory. And we got to constantly know that there's a victory at the end. We got to constantly know and say, you know what, God, no matter what happens in my life, you meant it for good. You designed me and you work all things out for the good for those that love me and call according to your purpose. Those, those that love you and call according to your purpose. So no matter what happens in your life, God has a plan. The problem is, is we, we, God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so whenever God starts doing things, we don't understand it. And we're like, what the heck? What's going on? Why is this happening like this? I don't understand this. And God's like, you don't have to because I do. You don't have to understand why this is happening. You don't have to get it. It don't have to make sense to you because I get it and it makes sense to me. And so we just got to trust God and say, God, the enemy's, gonna tr the enemy's trying to turn us around for evil, but I know you said that you make it for good. And God, I see a victory at the end of this. I know there's victory. There's victory in Jesus, right? We used to sing that in church. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. But, that, but, you know, but that, that's what it is. There's victory in Jesus. And we got to know that I see a victory. And I want you to, if you don't get nothing else I say today, I want you to know what's happening in your life today, the enemy's trying to make it bad. He's trying to make it evil. He's trying to make you feel like, uh, this might be it. This might be the end. You may not be not no, it may not be no good. You're going to fail. You're not going to do well. But I want you to know God's got a plan. Just follow him. Go with the program and just keep going and just know that it's going to be all right. Just keep right on walking. And then you'll eventually get to the end of the tunnel. No matter how it looks. No matter what it appears like. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to figure it out. Just go with it and say, okay, God, whew, this don't look good. But I trust you. Okay? Amen. Amen. Praise God. That was free. I didn't want any part of my message. <clears throat> now, we've been talking about together. Together. For the last three weeks, we're going to talk about it one more week. We talked about to, together we find peace. Together we experience love. Today's together we uh, grow stronger. And next week is together we, change, we can change the world. Um, and so but before I start and before I get into that, I want to talk to you and ask you a quick question, a pop quiz, I guess. So you've been three weeks. It's not, about the, it's not about the past. But does anybody know what the I don't see, I don't see Daryl in where he's probably, he probably would know this. But um, he's, he's a scientist. What is the largest organism in the world? Does anybody know what that is? Your skin? Okay. Yeah. According to scientists, they, they, they feel like that the largest organism in the world is called Pando. Pando. I, don't, I think we have a picture here. <clears throat> see all these individual trees and you're like that's not an organism they're not together but the thing is is if you go down underground there's like a hundred acres here a hundred acres and if you go underground and you can see visibly underground every single one of them trees are together everyone and, it, and it's arguably one of the most the largest um, organism in the world they're all it's all together at the bottom they're all tied somehow I don't understand how it happens, and I don't understand what happened, but they are, they are aspen trees, I believe it is. It's located on the southwest bank of Fish Lake in Utah, okay? Um, and it's the biggest growing grouping of aspen trees ever identified, over 100 acres, and they have a single root under them, and the roots cannot be seen. <clears throat> And um, right now, actually, they're, they're trying to, they're, people are, they're, they're in threatened to be taken down or mowed or whatever they do to them. But there's people working against that. 
but together, together they're, they're stronger. And so today is uh, obviously talking about together we're stronger. So do you understand how Pando, what Pando has to do with us? Okay, we're all individuals, right? But there's a core in Christ and a core in here at Kingdom Life in our church that we're together underground. People, when y'all are walking around town, unless you've got a Kingdom Life shirt on, unless you say it, people don't know you're part of this group, right? You know, but the thing is, you're already, you're deeply connected to us. You're deeply connected to Christ. And so, and so we are like the, the pando of, 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 of Christians, okay? We're together. We're, we're knitted together under there, and we are an organism together. We are growing and thriving in Christ, and we look like individuals, but we're really not individuals. We are together, and together we are so much stronger. And, it is, and whenever you have that many, 100 acres of trees tied together, it's not easy just to chop one down and try to get rid of it, right? They, hold, they keep each other. They keep each other alive. Okay. So, um, so anyway, just a little bit of catch up. Um, the, the book of Ephes, um, Ephesians we've been talking about, and they, there was um, Paul was talking to the Ephesians, and the book of Ephesus, which is now modern day Turkey, and so um, they they were all there. It was a fast paced city, just like today's society. It's a fast paced city with a lot of different religions, a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different philosophies, and these guys were getting together, saying, "Man, there's a lot of stuff going on, man." I, we, we know Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, so we got to follow him. So let's get together and, 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 and try to see what we can do to, to learn and grow with one another and be with one another and see if we can dig into Paul's letters. Because see, Paul, Paul sent the Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, he sent them a letter. And so they, they got this letter. They didn't have the Bible, okay? So they had this letter from Paul, and Paul was t- speaking to them under inspiration of, of, of God and, and shared with them. And they, they read that letter and broke it down and talked about it and worked through some issues that he had talked about in there. So we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. Um, Paul's, and Paul, Paul was talking about um, salvation in, in the first part of the scriptures, and he was talking about how the Jews and Gentiles came together under salvation, and it broke down the walls of hostility, we talked a couple weeks ago about how we need to break down the walls of hostility in our churches and in our homes and in our, in our, in our communities and in our nation. There's so many walls of hostility towards one another for whatever reason, and it's getting worse. And that, but under salvation, we can come together and break down those walls of hostility and be one and be united. Um, the first half, half of Ephesians is, is dealing primarily with God's dem- redemptive plan um, of, of throughout history, that he wants us to, to be there and to grow. And th- it's the salvation plan. It's the gospel. It's about him dying and, and, and what he wants out of his death and what he's trying to do in us and through us. And he's trying to get us to a place and through peace and love. Okay, that's what, that's what the first part of um, getting humanity connected to, to God through Christ and then connecting us to humanity, to other people. Okay, so, so we, as we're connected to God and then we connect to others, and that's what the whole first half was about, was connecting to God. The second half of Ephesians is about connecting to, to others. So we experience God's peace, and we talked about um, uh, peace saying that, it, that when we are all vessels of peace and when we come together, it creates a huge dwelling place for Holy Spirit to live and, and thrive in us as we worship him. We can feel his presence, okay? Um, and God, God wants to, to, to help us, and he wants us to be that, that dwelling place. But then there's a shift in the middle of, of, of um, Ephesians that says the word therefore. Okay, That therefore links uh, an explanation and action. That therefore says, because of this, then this. 
You know, see what I'm saying? So it's a connector. It connects. It's saying because of this, then this. Because of this happened, now this can happen. This is his explanation. This is God's plan. And because of God's plan, this is what happened. And he died and we're connected and peace and love. And so therefore, because of that, then you can, you can be stronger together and you can impact the world. All right? Um, we find in Ephesians 4, chapter, one, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. As a prisoner for the Lord, I then, I urge you to live a, a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And we, and we, and we, we, we um, see that, and we, but we don't see that today, do we, in today's society. We don't see humility and gentle. We don't see humbleness and gentleness. We see, we see rudeness and rudeness, right? Rudeness and arrogance and pride, you know? Um, we don't see that humility. We don't see patience, okay? Um, you know, I'm still working on the patient part. I try to be humble and gentle, but I got a problem with the patience part, and I'm still working on that. But, but bearing, bearing with one another, in other words, Forgiving one another, working it out, being patient with one another, okay? Making every effort to keep the unity through the bond of peace. We learn when we're talking about peace that you can't, that, that, that if you want to try to be all spiritual like you're just like Jesus Christ yourself, then maybe you can keep peace with everybody, okay? But we want to keep peace. That's our desire. But it says be at peace with everybody as you can. You do, do the best you can. Make every effort to be at peace. Make every effort to be a peacemaker. But there's some people that are, that are just idiots, and you just, can't be, you just can't be peaceful with them. You know what I'm saying? You're trying. Amen. Right? Come on. Jay, we could talk in our, my office after this is over, so I work through your, 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 your rage issues. No, I'm saying. So no, but but that's what it is, man. But but it is. It's just some people. They just they just they're just gonna they're just gonna headbutt you. They're just gonna be just on purpose because they don't have Christ in their life. And people who don't have Christ in their life, they they, they are gonna be rebellious against you because the enemy is their father, right? Um, you serve either God or the devil, one or the two. There's only in between. So. Um, how, how we let these things shape the way we live is very important. Um, and and uh, we're supposed to live the life worthy of the calling that God, God has, has given us. And, and when we live that life, it makes us stronger. So, therefore, we want to have strength in numbers. So let's turn to Paul um, talking Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. So he said, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. More and more like Christ, who is the head of the body. Remember that part there, head of the body. The church. So the body is the church. It says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. So the body, our body, we have a bunch of individual parts in our body. We have, a, we have our eyes, our nose, our ears. You know, you have your heart, your lung, your diaphragm, your kidney. You know, you, you, have, you have your, your legs, you have your, your radius, your ulna, your, your femur, your tibula and fibula and whatever all those are. And you have your toes. You have your, but they all, they're all individual pieces. But together, but together they're strong. If you just had a toe and set it over there, that ain't going to help you very much, is it? You just rip your eye out and sit your eye and say, hey, can you see? You know, it's, it's not, it's just, it doesn't work that way. 
But together, each part has its own strength, and it comes together. And may, I'm going to tell you, today, you're going to hear stronger and together over and over. That's, the point of today is I'll help you understand that, that we've got to quit having division. We've got to quit having discord, and we've got to come together. And when we do, man, listen, what happened at the Tower of Babel? They were going to build a, a, a wall, I mean, a, a ladder to, 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 king, to the kingdom, to, to heaven. And that's why God separated them. And he says, look, they are so unified. He, the scripture says, read it. There is nothing they can't accomplish. It bothers me that Christians don't read that scripture. Because if they did, if they did, we could, we could uh, come together and we could do anything. So we got to understand that together we can do all things through Christ. And, we, and we, if we can get that, that together we're stronger, together we're unified, unified, nothing can stop us, then, then we can go a whole lot better. So, but anyway, have you, ever, have you ever seen the headwaters of the greatest rivers in our nation? You know, you maybe, you maybe you've seen the Mississippi River or the Colorado River or the Rio Grande. These are some powerful, mighty rivers, right? Okay, but do you know that when they originally started, they started by some maybe some snow caps, some, some drips of water or uh, something, something for, or some rain, and it's just dripped off, and that drip became a trickle. That trickle became a little, maybe a little channel, and then that channel became a stream, and then that stream became a mighty river. That mighty river is just a bunch of drops of water. It's the same water. Nothing's changed at all except they came together. We're nothing. We're, remember, I'm going to keep going back to my little, my little Legos. We're just a little piece of Lego. We're nothing. We're useless. We're worth nothing except for the evil that's in them in the middle of the night when you step on that, that clear one. I told you that the other day. But there's nothing. But when we come together, man, it makes something beautiful and powerful and, and valuable. Well, we're valuable to God regardless. But we're, but, but we're more powerful when we come together. Just like that water that becomes those drops of water that become raging forces of a river. And you don't, you don't believe how powerful that one little drop of water is. If you've ever watched a tsunami or if you watched a, a flood come in, I mean, that's tough. you can't stop it. You just cannot stop it. And when we come together and unify in ourselves, the, the enemy cannot stop us. He can't stop us even when we have Christ on our side. But at the same time, we, 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 we got to understand that, 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 that together we are mighty and powerful. Now, also, in, 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 how about in the wild? In the wild, all the animals stick together in packs or whatever that you call different, the different groups together that they come together in. They're packs and they, they stay together. And what happens? The ones that are eaten are the ones that what? Kind of fall behind. They fall alone. They're back there by themselves, and, and they don't have the protection of the group, so therefore they're eaten. They're, they're, they're pounced, and they're, 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 you know, they're, they're grabbed. You know, and so therefore there's strength in numbers together. And they come together, and, and in, in, um, in the early church, in the Ephesian church, they came together and they shared everything. Acts 2 and 44 says, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Literally. They shared their money, they shared their food, they shared their resources, they shared their houses, everything. They shared their animals, they shared everything. I thought I could, I'm sorry, sorry Siri, I thought I cut you off. Um, so um, they, they shared everything. Now, I would appreciate it if y'all want to share your money with me or your house or your food or your, your, your animals or your, your riding lawnmower or something like that. That would be great to share with me, okay? But today, that's not how it works. 
to today, today we're, we're not so much coming together and being together in small groups and all those things for, for, for food and shelter and safety. Today we come together for strength, to unite, to, you know, it, it, to, to, to come together and unite and be there. You know, it's like Julie Andrews said in The Sound of Music. She said, let's, let's, uh, let's, go, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start, right? So at a, just go to Genesis 1. At the very beginning of time, God created Adam, and he said, you know what? It's not good for you to be what? Alone. So at the very beginning of time, we're not supposed to be solos. The very beginning of time, there is no, there's not a long ranger. Even the long ranger had Tano, Batman had Robin. Okay, you know, you, know, you, you got to be together. At the very beginning, it's not good to be alone. We're supposed to be united. We're supposed to be together. And it says that we are told that Adam was alone in the garden, and God saw that it was not good for him to be alone, so he created Eve. I don't care if you're introverted, extroverted, you're cool, you're not cool, whatever, you don't, whatever you feel like you are, it does not matter. You are designed for relationship. You were designed to be together. You were designed to be a part of something, okay? You were trying to do that. Now, the, the thing is, we talked a, a long time ago, that difference is the key. Just because you are unified does not mean everybody in there is like little robots. We all got the same shirts on and the same type of things. We're not, we're not a cult where we just have the same stuff and everybody dresses the same, acts the same, talks the same. We are all different. Unity does not mean same, Okay? It, it, it does in a, in, a, in a way, but it's not, it does not mean that we all have to be the same. We can all be our different individual people. And that's what makes us strong, okay? Very different people using their unique talents and passions to connect and serve and experience God in faith in the church. And then that builds a community of fellowship. And we become stronger together because of that. And, and, we, and we count, it's more than just counting heads in, in this table, I mean, in this room in here. It's more than that. It's not about that. It's more, it's not so we can have more people. So we can, you know, it's, it's so we can have more salvations. So we can have more people receive Christ. Yes. So we can make more disciples. Yes. But it's not about, so I can say, well, I had this many in church Sunday. It's not about that. It's more about influence. It's more about creativity, more about ability. It's more about skill and compassion and relationship. It's more about love and forgiveness and support. It's more about impact. The more we have, the more we can do. The reason that other churches in town are, 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 are like, hey, man, what, y'all are doing a great job. Because they're like, hey, they see our size, but they see what we're doing. They see us come together and unified. And, and matter of fact, on, on November the 9th, well, first off, October the 12th is, is the thing down there at Creekwood. We're going to go out there for the Stop the Violence Day. We need every one of you that can come. But on November the 9th, when we have our uh, fall, um, fall cake, fall funnel cake festival, man, this is probably going to be one of the biggest things we've done yet, okay, for a fundraiser. And it's going to be big. We're going to have, it's going to look like a hallmark out there. We're going to have Edison lights hanging, and it's going to be beautiful, okay? But we're going to need everybody to be a part. Okay, we, we, we're going to park way, we got, there's going to be parking way down there at the, at the, uh, at the bank down there. We, we, we don't even have no parking here. So, and we're going to have people escorting. It's going to be a wonderful time, but we need every single person. So we want you to be a part of that and be, a, be support and show that you are one with us. There's something for every one of you to do. There's not, every person in this church, there's something for you to do, and we can use every one of you. But Ecclesiastes, it talks a lot about growing stronger. It says, and in Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, two are better than one because they, only, they, have a good re, they have a good return for their labor. 
If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the fool who falls. No, I'm sorry. That was Mr. T, wasn't it? <laughs> but, pity, but pity anyone. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> Mr. T, I used to say, I pity the fool. I, I just kind of, when I, every time I read that, it comes out. Even when I'm reading it in my, my head, the fool. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And you've seen it. I was going to do it, but you've seen it a thousand times. You take one pencil, you break it. You take two pencils, and you break it. And take three pencils, and most of you can't, but I can break five or six. You know, but once you get the, you know, but once, but once, but once you get, once you get the, you know, once you get a, a group of them together, you just, you just can't break them, right? Because together they're stronger. Individually they're weak. You know, just like, you know, like I said, just like the individual trees and just like the individual Legos and just like the, the individual drops of water, everything together is weak. But once you come together, they're so strong. And so it's talking about that. And a quarter to three strands, you know, you, you get a rope, you know, and, and, and you see three, three together and they're intertwined together. It just makes it so strong. And then Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. That's all five. Together, they're strong. They make a fist, right? Um, can, I need to next time not make that joke. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny last night. I laughed out loud when I said, yeah, they make a fist. <laughs> okay, but anyway. But he's made, the pastors are to equip his people for, for service. So then the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and becomes mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And if you notice, it's not talking about a whole bunch of full-time people. That's not just, that's not all people that works in churches. That's everybody. If you are sharing the gospel with somebody, you're telling somebody about Jesus, if you're telling somebody your testimony, you're an evangelist and you're preaching the gospel right there. You're an evangelist and you're a preacher at that point. You know? And if, you're, if someone asks a question, it's about, well, hey, where did, where did, where did Adam and Eve come or whatever? And you answer that question, you are teaching. You're a teacher. Okay? So, so, so you, you, you are all those things. And you're apostle. Apostles start churches. Y'all are part of a, a church program. right? Y'all are building this church with me. And so you're apostle, and, 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 and then you're reading the Bible, you're quoting scripture to somebody, you're being prophetic. Okay, so, so you, 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 it's not, you don't think, well, that's just people that, are got, that got degrees and are ordained. It's not all about that. Every one of us are a part of that, that thing there. You know, it says so that we all may mature, attaining the whole measure of faith. And I don't know about y'all, I know the ultimate maturity um, and, and attaining the faith is when we get to heaven. That's, that's when the, the ultimate maturity is going to take place. When we're going to be like, oh, I get it. Because we're going to have the knowledge of Christ at that time. We're going to get up there and you will know everything. You won't have any. We walk up, well, I'm going to go ask so-and-so. When you get there, you're going to have knowledge. You're going to, just, you're going to be like, wow. Okay. You know, and so the thing is, is, is I, know, I know personally, sometimes I feel so immature in my faith and attaining that, 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 attaining that maturity sometimes seems so far away. You know, it's kind of like saying, um, I think Ara, Ara, um, Aristotle said, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. It's like, it's like you, you, you gamers, you're in a game and you're playing and you, you're like, okay, okay, I got this. But then you get to a room and then there's a door that you didn't know was there and you open that door and there's a whole other world. Okay, 
You, you know, what, you know it's, it's like you think you know, but you really don't know because there's so much more that you don't know than you know. Same way when, you're, when I'm reading the Bible and I'm studying, I'm like, oh, I know that. And then I start looking at it and studying it, and then there's like so many more facets to it. I'm like, oh, gosh, man, I thought I knew, but I really don't even know. You know? You know and, and, and so that's how, that's how God is. Like he said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. You, you don't, don't try to figure me out because if you, if you do figure me out, you're God. And you're not, so you're not going to be able to do it. So um, that's what happens. we got to know that, you know, we got to keep searching God and keep going and realize there's more and more and more to find out. You know, I don't care how many times you read the Bible. I don't care if, if, you're, if you've been in the church 75 years. Um, you still, still don't know everything, okay? And there's always more for us to learn. All believers need to work together and be and build up in the body of Christ to accomplish what God wants. Okay, we are one. We are one. We are to be one. Okay? The sermon today is, matter of fact, if you want to say it this way, the sermon today is brought to you by the number one. Okay, y'all older people may remember Sesame Street. The number is brought to you today by the number one and, or, or five. And, you know, the count Dracula would say, five, one, one banana, two, two bananas. You know, and he would go to that number. So the number to you today is brought to you by number one. Okay, one, one Bible. Um, but Paul doesn't leave much room for anything else. He says in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, he doesn't really give us much room to go back and forth of, well, maybe we don't have to be united or one. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were, were called to one hope and you were called um, when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is overall through all, and in the, in the, I think the NIV, it says, and in you all. Paul was a little country a little bit. In you, in you all. He's in you all. But see, the thing is, is that, 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 that's, that, that kind of, there's no, there's no wiggle room. Be, be one. Be one. Be together is what he's saying. We're, we're not instructed to act like one. Pretend we're one, kind of be one, sort of be one, maybe, act, maybe appear to be one. We are supposed to be one, a family, a family, okay? The, the body is a perfect metaphor of that. And I talked a lot about the body today, so I'm not going to go back through that. But the, um, Romans 12 and 5 says, So in Christ we, through, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. While ago, when I talked about my heart, you know what? My pinky toe belongs to my heart because it's part of one body, right? You know, my, my eye belongs to, 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 to my diaphragm, whatever. And so, so it's all one body. And we belong to each other, and then ultimately we, we belong to Christ because we are the body. We create a body, and we are the body of Christ. We are his body. So, um, but sometimes we get independent spirits, right? And people don't want to be part of one, you know? We, you know, but we can't, like I said, we can't take a piece of our, our body off and set it somewhere and expect it to work and be the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> we come stronger. Um, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Instead, of sp instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, the head, which is Christ. We're the body. He's the head. Um, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love and each part does its own work so every one of you in here does your own work you may be a ligament you may be blood you may be a cell you may be you know you may be whatever there's all kind of parts of our body you may just be an eyelash 
but you keep dust out of my eyes. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, so does, does every piece has a part. Don't ever feel like you don't have a part. If you feel like you don't have a part, come to me and I'll tell you and help you figure out what your part is. Because we are all one. We are all united. We, together we are stronger. Matter of fact, the Bible has a whole lot more metaphors than just the Bible. He talks about in John 15 about the vine. He says, I am the, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's the vine, and we're the branches that come off of it. We are one in him and one together. Uh, Ephesians and Corinthians talk about the bride of Christ. If we're the bride of Christ, then he is the groom. The, the bride and the groom, what? Come together as one. Okay? Um, and numerous other, other in, in Galatians and in 1 Peter, it talks about us being the household of God, the family of God. We are everywhere the Bible talks about being together, being stronger. But see, the problem is, is why, Pastor, why are you talking so much about this? You know, because it's, first off, it's, just, it's just this, this section in this, this uh, um, series. But, man, the, the church is so divided. Churches today are so divided. They come together, people come, and they leave. They don't talk to one another. They don't share with one another. Nobody, they leave like they came. They, 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 it's, it's, it's just bad. Nobody really cares. Nobody really loves. Nobody really works in unity together. But, when, but we are supposed to be one. This is supposed to be a place of refuge, not a place of judgment. This is supposed to be a place that we can come and share our weaknesses. This is supposed to be a place that we can come and show great service work. And it's going to be a place of worship and rest and, and a place of healing. So, that, so therefore, that's why I often tell you, yeah, you, you can't go and just watch a podcast of a sermon. You can't just go into the woods and pray, go lay on the beach and have church, go sing in the shower. Those things are wonderful. You need to do all those things. But that can't be your church. Why? Because you're just by yourself. You need to be together. You need for someone to say, hey, are you all right? You look down. Your soap ain't gonna look at you and ask you that question in the shower. You got you got to look at you got to look at each other and you and you got to look at each other and care for one another and you got to have someone to cheer you on. That's what it's about—a place of refuge. We had a young lady yesterday that came to church and came was crying um, uh, un profusely, just uncontrollably yesterday. She had a she had a, a bad situation in her life and she was overwhelmed. Okay, we changed yesterday, the, the ladies' luncheon, we changed the date three different times. Why do we change it three different times? So Danielle could come, be here, we could be here when Danielle came here yesterday, and she could come and, and, and cry to us and share with us, and she could get saved. Yes, She got saved yesterday. She came to church today. We're so proud of her, and we love her. Amen. So glad she's here. But we're, we're united. We're together. We're going to take care. We're going to love on her. We're going to help her. We're going to do that, just like, just like with Alicia when her, when her baby came and she needed us. We're going to do what we, we're supposed to be a place of refuge, not a place of judgment or condensation or, or con condemning. We're going to love and we're going to care. And it's not the sermon or songs we, that we sing in here. It's the church. It's the people. Together we grow and we grow now. Growth requires change. Growing stronger together means change. There has to be change. Change and growth goes hand in hand. And I wondered and I wondered and I wondered why, why, do, why have we not moved yet? And then, the, then the, the Easter seals came. The Easter seals came over here and, and they're part of our church. You know, during the week they, they, they work here, they're subleasing our facility. And there has been so many things that they had a couple really 
big, huge, humongous situations that happened that, that really, really, that, you know, that, that were really big. And you know what? They came and said, Pastor, we need you. Can you help us? I said, Absolutely. So I got involved and I did counseling and I helped. And man, we brought peace to the situation. Everybody was happy. Nothing went bad. Nothing went wrong. But the thing, and I was like, oh, okay, God, you got a plan, don't you? I want to leave, 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 leave. I want to grow, grow, grow. I want to go. I know we're supposed to be out of this place. We're supposed to be somewhere else. We're raising money. We're doing, but you know what? This is why you had to stay. And there's no question in my mind. No question. After that situation, I was like, now I know why we stayed. Absolutely, 100%, you know, and I kept quiet. God, you said grow. You said grow now. What's happening? What, you know, hey, I'm just telling you, I'm being vulnerable with you like Paul does. I'm just telling you, I question, God, what, what's happening? Why ain't we grown? Why haven't we moved yet? Why haven't we got enough money yet? Why? And then, then th that day, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I stand corrected, sir. Forgive me. Go ahead. <laughs> I accept my punishment. But that's what it is. We, we got to understand that. You know, neuro, in neuroscience, which I don't know nothing about, <laughs> says, says that our, our thoughts create our actions, okay? Our thoughts create our actions. But they are finding out now that now they're, they're changing their mind through, 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 through research that actions can, can, can change your thoughts, and, and I've been speaking it. Y'all have heard me a lot say, hey, you keep having the right actions, the emotions will follow. What am I talking about? Your, your actions will change your thoughts. And that's what happens. Why? Because you can't help how you feel. You cannot help how you feel. But you can help what you do. So therefore, if we keep doing the right thing, no matter how we feel, the right thoughts can connect to the actions and we can be what we're supposed to be. Praise God. <clears throat> so that's enough about neuroscience. I'm almost done. Give me, oh, I got seven seconds left. Okay. Well, I'm gonna finish here. Just come on, come on up if you would, please. Oswald Chambers says, "In my utmost for his highest," he says in one of the devotions. He says, "As soon as we abandon ourselves to God and do the task that He has placed closest to us, He begins to fill our lives with surprises." See, together we grow stronger by, do, by, by trusting God and doing the next thing. If you notice what he said there, it was very intricate, and he just kind of threw it in there. But he said, if you do the next thing, next closest thing God put to you. But we want to we skip across that thing because sometimes maybe that thing is not that big, but something bigger is over here. So we don't want to do the next thing. We want to jump and do something else that God ain't even called us to do yet. That's why there's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of visions and dreams that I have for us, but we can't do that because we got to do the next closest thing first. And without that close thing, that, is, that becomes part of our body, and it's a piece of our body which prepares us for the next thing. And if you skip across that, you skip across something that is vital. One day you'll look back and say, where's that at? Where's that? I, I'm done, but I, there's one piece missing, and it's that piece you skipped. So we've got to do what's the next thing that God has for us. We're supposed to sharpen one another, and we're supposed to complement one another. Paul spends the rest of the Ephesians talking about believers and how we can change the world around us and change each other. He says in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires, to be made 
new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self created to be like God in the righteousness and holiness. So God said, he says, your old self, your old self is who you used to be before you got saved. That old person, put it off. And then he goes on and he talks about putting off anger, stealing, unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage. And then he says, he encourages the believers to, to be kind, compassionate, forgiving, and thankful. See, the, the, the way you were a year ago, you should be better than that now. Now, the, when you got an excuse is when you first get saved. When you first get saved, your heart's saved, and your mind still wants to go smoke weed and dope and have sex, do all this other stuff. Okay, because that's what, you, that's what your, your, your mind's not saved yet, right? That's why we says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you renew your mind and your, your mind and your heart come together. So your heart's saved, but your mind's not saved yet. Okay, so therefore, there's a period of time that people, they're not playing the world and going back and forth and they're not backsliding. They're just trying to walk this line like a little child. And they keep falling, they keep messing up. But then it comes, but, but every day they get better, and they're, they're better than they were before. And then a year later, they're a whole lot better than two years. And so, you know, five years, 20. So if, you, if you're still like, you, if you've been saved 10, 15, 20 years, and you're still doing the same things you did 15, 20 years ago, there's a big problem in your walk with God. Growth is slow, and it's a process. And when people first get saved, we need to help them through that process and realize that it's a process. Now, I've seen people, I know for a fact, I've seen a man that had a $1,000 crack cocaine habit, and he came to the altar, got saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and, one, and never touched it again. But then I've seen people that, that, had, that were alcoholics, and it took them a year to, to, to really get free and, and trust God enough to just to, to go through it. You know, and then, then there's all kind of in-betweens. But you just got to trust God, and we got to know that it's a process. And when a person says, hey, my heart is yours, God, and I'm doing the best I can. I failed, but I still love that, that is salvation. Okay? That is not backslidden because they messed up and they keep messing up. They're, as long as their heart is saying, God, I'm coming towards you, I'm trying as hard as I can. We must rely on his power and his grace. God's grace means that I don't have to be enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to read the scripture. I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. Paul was, was doing stuff, and he, he had this thorn in his flesh. And he, this thorn kept coming up and causing him to fail. And he said that God put this thorn in my flesh to help me with my pride. Because, see, if we don't have something to keep us humble, then we think we're all that in a bag of chips. And I got, I got the anointing. I got the power. Come, let me heal you. Come, let me set you free. I'm, you know, we, we become little, little demigods, and we got it all. So God, God will always knows how to get, get a little thorn in your flesh, and you, you'll be doing good. That's why you're doing good, and you're feeling good. You're like, oh, praise God, I'm anointed from Jesus. And then all of a sudden, you, you'll sin. And you're like, oh, oh, God, I got a lot of work to do, don't I? That's that thorn in that flesh, and that's what he was saying. So, so that's, that's what was happening right here. So Paul said, God, I, I, I'm trying to do good, but when I do good, I, I, when I want to do good, I do bad. And when I'm thinking about doing bad, sometimes, God, you help me do good. I don't understand this. You know, there's a, the thorn in my flesh, and, and we don't know what that is. A lot of different variances, a whole other message on that thorn, what that could be. But here's what Jesus said. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the Christ's power may rest on me. That way, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, 
in results and hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. That's why I share with you my weaknesses. That's why I share with you. For you to realize that, you know, hey, I'm weak, but it's making me stronger by sharing with you. And it helps you understand that you can do the same. Listen, the church will never be a perfect place. Because we are all filled, every church is filled with imperfect people. It will never be a perfect place. It will never be, be, be the way that, that people want it to be. But because of that, that doesn't give us a right to just to stay imperfect. Just because we're imperfect people and we're not in a perfect church does not give us a right just to keep using that as a crutch and be the, have the victim mentality, well, we just got a few people. Well, we just got this right here. Well, we, we ain't got a lot of money. It's not an excuse. God calls us to so much more. He wants us to experience the joy of being one body, healthy, together, in love, and be united. Amen. Together, we're stronger. Let's stay together. Let's grow together. Let's be together. And we will be strong, and we will be unstoppable. We will be a force that women cannot handle. We will be a place of refuge where people can run. That's not the first time. There's probably been five times people just ran out in the middle of the week. They're just running off the streets. I need help, Pastor. I don't need food. I, don't, I just need prayer. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. We're going to be that place of refuge. We're going to help people when we can within our means. We ain't got all the money. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to raise money, much less give a whole lot of money out. But still, we're going to do the best that we can to help others. And when we can't help them monetarily, we're going to pray and get on our hands and knees and believe that God is going to provide because he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Is there anybody here that will say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I would love to know that kind of love that you're talking about. I would love to be together like you're talking about. But I feel separate. I feel out like an outcast. I feel like I don't belong. But I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to make a new change today and do the best I can to live for him. Would anybody raise your hand and say, I just want to be a Christian today. I want to accept Christ. I want to be saved. I want to, to do what I can. Anybody at all? Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for all you're doing, and I thank you for all that you're about to do. I give you praise and glory. God, we stand strong together in solidarity and unity because we are stronger together. We're going to do this, God. We're going to make this. This is going to happen. We're going to blow this city up, God, and we're going to change this city for you, God. We're going to change lives for you, and we're going to do what you've called us to do. We're not going to pass the thing that you have us to do to try to look bigger and better. We're going to do the next thing that you have for us, God, so we can do that, and we can go stronger, and we can have love, and we can be that place of refuge and that place of love and forgiveness, God, and, 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 and especially, God, that place of transformation that people come, you know, you know, that, that, that broken, hurt, busted, disgusted, jacked up from the floor up. And, and God, we can change, help change their life through Christ. And they can turn from their, their ways of sin and turn to you and become a Christian, become a servant and an honorable person before God. Help us to do that, Father. I commit to you to try to lead that kind of church and to be that kind of pastor. And we want to be the church that you want us to be. God, help us to grow together. Help us to be Pando. God, a bunch of individuals that is knit together under, under, under the table, God, with all kind of one working this together roots, and that root is you. Thank you, Father, for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. Amen. Amen. And I'm sorry, I, I, went, I went about 10 minutes over. I apologize. But, but, but if you would say, 
I want to be a part of a church that's together, that's strong, that makes a difference. If that's you in closing, if you just would stand. You're saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a church that's together and strong. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you're committed. All right. God bless you. We love you so much. Have a great day. Talk to somebody. Meet somebody new. Look at somebody you had not seen in a while. Tell them you missed them. And God bless you.